Los Angeles family. Without further ado, um, after fiddling around with some settings, we're live. Podcast 112 in Los Angeles. Uh, this is our third episode in LA. And our first one, we did two right when we got here. Yeah. Pretty much back to back and night after night. And then we've just, we did a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. We, oh, okay. I'm, hold on. Yeah. 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 Laugh again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, this mic situation. Yeah, it takes a little bit of practice. All right, go again. They go, ha 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 ha. Yeah, you're fine. I'll adjust as we go. But anyways, yeah. So um, we're in LA, and we took a little bit of a break. If everything was a little bit hectic, not um, intentionally, we didn't take a break. Not intentionally. It just got really busy. Um, in LA, it was a bit of a slow start, and then once we kind of had like one or two meetings with some other people. It just kind of blew up. and VF engineering is what kicked it off, I think. Yeah. Because the first two, the first night we got in, late at night it was raining. The next day we got groceries and stuff and we basically set ourselves in the house. Yeah. And then the, the second full day, the third day we were in LA, uh, we started making calls and like editing and kind of like settling in on our computers. And that's when we went to VF, was on Thursday. Yeah, and ever since then, it, again, just blew up. Unintentionally, just kind of luck of the draw, the universe guided us, whatever you want to call it. Everything just fell into place, and we've been filming, like, non-stop. Yeah. Um, up until recently, when we were basically, we had, a, like, I think two days of, you know, just slow, kind of, like, booking things, um, which was actually kind of nice, because, you know, when you're rushing around, and you're frantic, and everything like that, you know, it's you don't really have a time to decompress and mm-hmm. just kind of like get everything organized, get everything straight again. Yeah. And um, after that, like break or two, uh, you know, day or two of break, like I'm feeling a lot better and I'm fucking stoked to Hit get back at it. And um, luckily enough, we were able to book two cars for tomorrow. Uh, was going to be one, and then like within the next couple of days, it's going to be crazy. Like we're going to be filming nonstop. And um, thankfully, we had a little bit of a break to kind of recharge our batteries and figuratively and literally um and, oh lol yeah <laughs> but um yeah no so i'm excited for tomorrow tomorrow's gonna be um right back at it a full day uh, morning and in the afternoon um i'm very excited and honestly like i know we have are we gonna say what card is oh absolutely yeah so like i'm well yeah. Okay, okay you, you go ahead. I was I was going to go almost chronologically from when we started at VF and just quickly go through. I, I was just going to like fi- finish off. Uh, just to like start, Do this weekend? Do, no, no. Just do like a summary of where we're at sure. now and then go. we'll start from the beginning. Yeah, so um, I know we're filming like an R8 tomorrow and like that's going to be pretty cool. But to be fair, I'm almost like, I, I'm, I wouldn't say like equally excited, but I'm very excited in a different way for the car that we're filming after that. You know what's you know what's really good before we continue, Grayson, about tomorrow is we've got a local LA uh, photographer who's going to come out with us. Is we, he uh, confirmed? Yes, confirmed. He's going to be there. He got work off or whatever, and Sweet. we met him at Sunset GT, which we will talk about. But I'm very excited because tomorrow, like you're saying, the two cars that we're filming, an R8 and whatever the next one you're about to talk about, um, are polar opposites. And the photographer tomorrow um, is going to hopefully get some BTS photos and video of kind of how we do stuff behind the scenes, um, depending on how things go. And two polar opposite shooting styles. Like, I feel like one video is more got a comedic side, comedic side to it. And then the R8, kind of, we're kind of planning as a, like, more of a film film kind of a 
impactful piece of video, I, I like to call it. Yeah, like that one's going to be cinematic. Um, yeah, it's going to, sure. yeah, we're, we're going to kind of like push our limits to be able to kind of explore what we can produce. Now, of course, we don't have all the time in the world. It's not like we have the car for a week and we're able to like set exposure for every like stretch of road and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we are going to definitely put a little bit more effort into this one. Um, just like we did with the GT3 RS and you know, it, for an average car, that's not really special. Or even if it's, you know, a little bit different, like we generally don't put too much time into it because we got to balance our time and uh, um, output. Well I, well, I don't think that's fair to say for most of our stuff we do that we don't okay. put a lot of time into the videos. L let me rephrase that. We don't, um, we have to balance how much time we put into it. It's not like we're like slacking off in every one of our videos, but it's, you, you know, like there's, there's angles that we don't get. Like we can't spend an entire day shooting an STI. Um, like we're not going to put eight hours into shooting a car. Well, we're going to on this Saturday, actually. <laughs> well, no, no, but like, that's different. That's three different videos in terms of producing one video with like, you know, basically setting it up like a film set. So getting light set up, like we could put if, a lot more time into a here, video. Here's the thing though. Yeah. If, if we had a 600, like the 600 wheel horsepower STI that we're shooting this weekend, if we, I'm saying if we had that for a week, like we're talking the R8, if we had that for a week, we would, I think we would definitely put everything oh, into it. Oh, we totally, we Just totally would. Just as equally as the Audi R8, but the circumstance, what the different part is that the circumstances here in LA have just, like you're saying, lined up in like a puzzle piece kind of way that it just kind of fell in our lap. This car, this time, this location, and we're going to, you know, knock it out of the park, hopefully. What I was kind of more referring to was like our one of our first videos when we did um, Dwayne's Mark III Supra. Mm -hmm. We did, like that took us like a week to film. Different locations, different days. Uh, we did it in one day. No. No, no, no. Like we, we went back to his place, I think twice to do like B-roll shots and stuff like that. No, not, didn't not we spend that one For enough? the first video, no. It, I, we filmed it on my birthday. I very specifically remember this. Yeah, okay. And we, were, we did a, it was a full eight-hour shoot. Full, right. full eight hours, no lunch break, no breaks. Yeah. Period. Okay, fine. Then the Stang Gang. Right, yes. Th that one yes. was like a multi, like that one was again cinematic, different locations, different interview place. Like it was, we went all out. First but ever video. It's it just, yeah, but we, we can't do that. Um, no. In terms of like, you know, people on YouTube want content. They want quantity. So and they want it now. Yeah. So we can't spend a week. I mean, like, I would love to actually do a full week feature and stuff like that but that's after we get like a press car and we're not having to schedule it with the owner because that's where it becomes really difficult um but on youtube people want quantity and of course we have to balance quantity with quality because we want to keep a certain standard of you know video production um so we kind of know what we need to make a video and we don't necessarily go out of our way to get extra stuff that we may or may not use I was just about to say, here the th here's the thing about YouTube that I think, I think people, I don't, I don't know about myself, but people generally, I think, want quantity and quality equally as much deep down, but the quantity comes to them so easily and just by its nature so frequently, obviously. But then you look at Top Gear, which was the biggest television show in the world, and that is of the utmost quality. So it's kind of, I feel like people both want quality and quantity, but the quality only comes along every so often, right? But that's a different platform, right? Like Top Gear is on TV. But it blew up on YouTube. That's how it kind of gained traction and popularity. 
Okay. Just because they would post like minute long clips. Or yeah, whatever. like, but like in terms of like you know, we could spend a whole bunch of time doing like audio editing and removing low cut filters, right. and, and <laughs> right. like, do, like there's a lot more stuff we could do to make it better and a higher quality. We could never stop. We, like, well, I mean, it would turn into a full blown video production. It would take a year. Well, for two people, it would take a long time, yeah. and we couldn't do two or three videos a week, <laughs> you know, to you know to keep that up. So that's the kind of balance that we have to go about because a lot of cars that we film, they will get like maybe a hundred thousand views if like are most likely like 50,000 and Mm -hmm. to spend you know like more than eight hours on that shoot it's it just doesn't make sense because there's so much other stuff we could be doing with that time but anyways back to what like um back to our LA trip it was like (laughs) tomorrow is going to be awesome and it's going to be very different because we're going to really want to knock this R8 out of the park Mm -hmm. and we have a bit more time than we usually do Um, like we don't have a full day but we have about four hours we have four hours and as of right now we've been able to get um, our videos down to like maybe two and a half hours on the short end kind of three hours on the longer end and at that point it's great because that gives us an extra hour to do whatever we want so we can explore different angles, explore different mic setups. And, you know, with that extra hour, that is a decent amount of time for, you know, mounted DSLR shots and stuff like that. And I think we're going to be able to walk away with an amazing video. I'm very excited to see. Uh, and we're living up to the name of the show. Uh, well, pretty much this whole trip we have been, but uh, we're going to be shooting in Angeles Forest, which I've never been to. A bunch of auto, like automotive channels and TV shows, have filmed there. It's a very popular automotive filming spot because it's got like the best roads. Um, but first time we're going to be driving and filming an R8 or any supercar on the street on video, uh, other than if you consider the 991 GT3 RS a supercar or the BMW i8 or the uh, <laughs> or the i8, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's it's really cool. I think, uh, and we we haven't even mentioned the second vehicle we're shooting. No. Do you want to talk about that? Oh my god! Like I am like, and here's the thing: is that like the the uh, the, so the Audi excited. is going to be like cool because it's a manual transmission. Uh, it's a V10. Yes, V10 six-speed gated manual. Yeah, like that's it, it, a pretty cool car. But in terms of like character, and like you know, no, shut up. No, no, but <laughs> no, but in terms of like, I'm no. I'm not talking about just no. the car. I'm talking about like in terms of like talking to an owner that is just full of character i think that the second shoot is gonna be and again i don't want to get my hopes up we've never met the guy that's we've never so met it but it. it's just the car itself and how it was described i think it's gonna be a pretty cool story like we you sh- did you read the emails i didn't read all okay of them. i'll send you the email i'll forward you the emails yeah I, I, we filmed the Trans Am, and we talked about this a little bit, uh, like between me and you um, earlier today. But mm-hmm. we filmed the Trans Am, and if we were to release just that video, I think it would be a good video. But you know, like, it would just be an average video. A video without the interview, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now the interview gave you perspective and gave you a little bit of insight on why this car is the way that it is. And the owner like definitely made it what it was. He, it's, yeah, it's one of our most views. It has like 800,000 views now. It doesn't really have that much. Yeah, it's, it will hit a million. It's just a matter of time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You're right, though. It's, it was the owner and how he kind of delivered his story behind how he got the car. And this is a guy that just gives zero shits about any he's just being himself on camera yeah which is hard to do a lot of people can't do it yeah um 
and it's very very unique guy. So I'm I well, I don't know, but I think from from my from my um, I'm guessing he's gonna be a pretty cool guy, a unique guy. And it'll make sense uh, when we tell you that we're we're okay. We're, so we're shooting at I think it's 2009 for uh, Toyota Rav Four. Yeah, I believe it's a okay. And uh, this individual has fitted RPF one wheels. Okay, so generally what you would 2007 2007. Okay, yeah. So it's a ten-year-old Rav Four uh, RPF ones on it, uh, which generally meant like you would put that on a nice FDR X7 or like MR2 or literally any lightweight sports car. Okay, <laughs> so this guy puts it on a Rav Four, and he's kind of explaining in these emails. I don't have the email right in front of me, so I can't quote. But basically, the idea of this car is a lightweight track car, our sports car for the street, and the interior is gone. There's the door panels are ripped out. Zero power upgrades. Bone stock engine, but the interior's ripped out, so he may have saved, I don't know, 20 pounds. And I don't want to rag on the car before we drive it, yeah. but now the listeners, I think, have context into why we might have another kind of cool, different story and video behind it. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I think if we just film the car itself, people won't be able to appreciate what this thing is. And being able to actually... and I. I, it sounds like he's the type of person, or that it sounds like he's interested in being on camera. He, he, it sounds like he really wants to be on the show. Yeah, and that is what I think is going to make this video. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, back to the beginning because it's been so long since we've done our last podcast. A yeah. lot of things have happened, like we said. Um, where did we leave off? What was the last thing that happened? Like, things I remember move fast. I think the things last podcast was us just kind of rambling on because we had nothing to do, so we just podcasted and nothing really new happened. We hadn't. It was yeah. We had, it was the day before we went to VF. We hadn't shot anything. We hadn't shot a single video yet. No, and okay. and Jesse, um, I don't think so. And Jesse had not arrived. Right. That's when we put. So we put like yeah. Anyways. Okay. Um, There's way too much to talk about, man. Okay, so well, you um, from, from the guy you, you trying were, to sell you meth to the helicopters <laughs> over the house right now trying to search for people. If our listeners wonder what the <laughs> f- 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 sound is, like we've had helicopters <laughs> circling our house, and it's not just today. Uh, today every we have, night. Today, every today night. we have four helicopters. Um, so that's kind of new, but like pretty much every night and almost every morning we've had helicopters with spotlights going around. Yeah. So we've locked the doors, we've put the car in our little garage and yeah. Um, <laughs> cross your fingers. I'm assuming you erased your board from like the previous dates, right? Yes. Okay. So the first shoot that we did, or I, should, I was going to say grab my hard drive to look at. This is why, this is what I was going to say about the notes. I'm just going to go through my camera yeah, and my yeah, phone on my do camera. It, do it. Let's do it up. Because I've taken photos every single day since we got here. So we have a, well, we have photos and video from every single day we've been here, which is pretty cool. Um, so we had been chatting with VF Engineering, Gary from VF Engineering, cool guy. Uh, for maybe, I emailed back and forth a couple times, maybe a week or two before we came to L.A., and so there was a list of people I wanted to call once we got down here to kind of because I was like, okay, we're just going to get down there and then we'll start just boom, 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 networking, networking. And the only person we really knew was James from Reddit Performance. So I called Gary at VF and I get off the phone and um, we're like, he's like, oh yeah, you can come by, swing by just to like, you know, meet. So I get off the phone and uh, I'm like, Grayson, we're going to Anaheim. Boom, on the road. Um, and then we got to VF Engineering. We just missed... Uh, Parker from Vehicle Virgins and Damon from Daily Driven Exotics. They what were what are the there. odds that like yeah because yeah. on the phone Gary was like oh yeah like um, uh, Damon and 
Parker from Vehicle Virgins are right right here, um, and they're going to be here for another hour and a half. And we're in like central LA, and Anaheim's like a decent drive, especially with traffic, uh, like an hour or more. But regardless, uh, obviously Parker and Damon both have supercharged VF uh, Huracans, which is dope. But when we got there, they had just left, and they were doing donuts in the parking lot and stuff like that. I'm so upset that we missed that. Like. Yeah, but anyways, it was cool because he actually introduced us to the guy drifting or doing the donuts. Yes, and Samuel. Yeah, he is an actual like professional stunt driver, which is very cool. Um, stunt driver, yeah, and his wife. They're both stunt drivers for like movies, TV commercials, like professional fucking drivers. Oh, yeah, and uh, so he's good at what he does. And, and, and yeah, he's a pro drifter, has won um, Formula D twice, yeah. I believe. But the thing is, though, is that it's not like he's drifting a fucking M3. Samuel Hubinet. Hubinet, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's not like he's drifting an, um, an M3 or something. Like, <laughs> no. no he, he's doing, like, donuts and drifting a bloody Lamborghini. A supercharged Lamborghini. His is... It was his supercharged? Oh, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. A, <laughs> it's a rear-wheel drive uh, Huracan. What, what is it? The 580-2 LB580, I think. Uh, rear-wheel drive Huracan, and it's fitted with a, a drifting handbrake. Which yeah, I think it's the only one. I was just about to say, as far as they know at VF, and it's, as far as we know, it's the only one. It's incredible. I think we have a photo of it yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. They installed, a, obviously, for the rear, they installed a second set of ca- rear calipers specific for the e-brake, right? So it's different, obviously. It's like a proper yeah. drifting e-brake. The thing's nuts. Like... We didn't even we didn't even see him drift, and it's this no, exciting to talk about. Who the hell drifts a bloody Lamborghini? Fucking like, Samuel, what a badass! Like for the most part, you look at drift cars, and they kind of look like shit because people crash them into walls and stuff like that. So he is so good at what he does that he's willing to drift a couple hundred thousand dollar car and not worry about tapping the side or anything like that. No, at some point you just can't worry about that. You just got to go for it. Like, I cannot wait. I hope to God we actually get a chance to film with them. So, yeah, so this is the thing. We want to film with VF, and the guys over at VF gave us an entire tour of their shop and showed us all the cool stuff that they're making um, all in California, uh, like billets, things, and parts, and ma- a ma- like staggering amount of supercharger kits and just ever- for any application, right? They still make stuff for older 911s. They still make stuff for BMW M3s and 335Is. and Actually, I don't know about 335i, but E92 M3 and stuff like that. Uh, so it was that was awesome. So we're gonna uh, we haven't linked up with them again yet, but that's hopefully gonna happen by the time we leave. Um, film some Lambos. We have like so much stuff to do here that it's like we're, we're like we have so many options, so many opportunities. I don't think we'll be able to fit it all into one trip. Well, it's literally it's never ending. If we were here for a year, it would just keep going, and you would never you'd never find an end. Like at VF Engineering, they good. do like superchargers and stuff like that. So we looked into like possibly doing a little bit behind the scenes of what it takes, what the oh, company's right, yeah. all about. Yeah. And then that turned into, oh, well, why don't you go and see um, who actually makes the superchargers and sends it to us and then go check out their operation. And it was just like a snowball effect. It's like, oh, you can make an entire feature on a part from the creation of the CNC machine, like, you know, being mailed out, being shipped to the, cu- or being shipped to the shop. Um, them receiving it, installing it in the car, sending it off to the owner, the owner then you know, checking it out and then driving it. Like this is like we could make a full on movie very, very easily. That's that's a full on feature film slash documentary. Yeah. Right there. And honestly, like the more I talk about it. Or a series, we just break it into three parts, right? 
by the way, you guys, we we because we had been talking with Magnus and Superchargers, who make super they supercharge Corvettes and stuff like that. Again, like a week or two before we came here, um, and it just so happened I had no idea when we got to, down to VF. I had no idea that Magnuson actually makes the superchargers that VF uses in their packages to go on Lamborghinis, and so they mentioned, oh yeah, like these are made by Magnuson or whatever, and we're like, oh, like oh I didn't know that, but we're going to see them on Monday. So we talked to um, I forget his name, fuck. We talked to a guy over at Magnuson, uh, and they, again, showed us their entire warehouse, which, by the way, was insane. It was pretty great. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And they're like 1,200 wheel horsepower Camaro. And so this is hopefully going to happen. All the pieces are lining up, and this is another one in, in addition to the R8 tomorrow. It's another one of those features and like videos that I think we'll be able to pull off um, and really make something like you know, pu- push the boundaries of what we've ever done. See, like, this is, like, a very unique and cool opportunity that, as far as I know, hasn't been done to this scale before. Um, and it's almost like, like I really want to do it. And I, we'll have to play out kind of how everything goes in terms of, like, time, filming, and everything like that. But it's almost like that could be, like, a trip on its own. Because it's nothing you want to necessarily rush, and I think we could do something really great. Like I think we could do something with like, um, you know, like, like strong depth of feel and everything like that. Like suit, like, it, it, like uh, the possibilities for this could be quite interesting. And like, yeah, it's almost like the entire feature could be not even on a YouTube, but like uh, Vimeo. Uh, this is this is another potential for a, a solid, you know, forty-five minute plus vimeo release that you could potentially uh just toying with ideas release it as like a rental or to purchase the purchase it basically because for this it's gonna definitely have to be more scripted than our normal kind of shoots and like the shots are gonna have to be a little bit more planned out and like at each location i think it would easily take us about a day um you know arrive there in the morning be there until the late afternoon um so for every step i think we need a day and that that's like let's say we start at Magnuson because that's where the parts are like forged. They're, yeah. they're put the superchargers are put together at Magnuson. Yeah. And they also have a Corvette, a C7 Corvette. We hopefully can drive and feature. So even in, if we were to include that into this overarching kind of supercharger story, that's a pretty cool starting point because we still we get to drive one of the superchargers. But then it's like, oh no, but wait, there's VF, another person or another brand of company that's using them a completely different application in like a drift car. Yeah. But like I think if if assuming that um, we have like some days free and everything lines up, I think we should be able to actually pull it off. We I think we can do it. Yeah, we, we just need again. I think we need like three days because we're gonna go out to Magnuson and yeah, they had a, a Corvette. Yeah, that's supercharged all uh, the way out in Ventura, by the way. Yeah, so it's a bit of a drive, but basically we would go and our main focus would be filming that car and doing the feature on that car. Um, at that point. It's, uh, you know, of course, in terms of views and just what we can do with the amount of time that we have and something that's going to be a big impact. I think that's a, definitely a good starting point. After that, we'd then move into their shop and kind of follow the process. And then we would, at that point, we'd also need to kind of have a little bit of a script, a little bit of an idea of what we want this to turn out. Um, you know, yeah. like what we want out of it. So kind of like is the concept, um, you know, um, 
uh, what was it VF engineering? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, you know, maybe they hop on the phone and say, Hey, I have a customer here, or maybe start with the customer and say, Hey, um, go to VF engineering. It's like, I have this Lamborghini. I want it supercharged. So then, you know, they pass a note off to the yes. guys in the office and they call up uh, Magnuson and said, I need a supercharger for this. And then you kind of track the process. So we, we just need a little bit of an idea of kind of a little bit of a script of how we want this to be presented. But like, I think it would be so cool. And honestly, it probably won't get that many views in terms of like our million view videos. It probably won't get that much, but I just think that would be a very fun video. And Absolutely. it's different. So it's kind of mixes it up a bit. And, um, you know, all, all everybody in, um, everybody involved in that video will obviously share it because it shows what they're about and how they operate. So I think that that would definitely be a big boost. Um, and I think that would attract a lot more, um, different people into our audience pool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be really cool. But anyways, uh, first car we filmed. First car so, we so filmed. So after we, like, we went and did, um, I think what, two, no, we started with the one meeting. We met up with James, I think the first or second night. James for a night performance. We met, uh, Arena and Matt, AKA Matt Subi on Instagram. So yeah, James is who I stayed with last time in LA and he's been great. And we met up, we had food, um, had some beers and, we and just then, talked yeah, to cars. Yeah, we just basically had that meeting. Then we did. I we, wouldn't have even called that a meeting, though. No. That was well, just, it, I think that was, like, just James, like, introducing us to his friends being, like, welcome to L.A. Sure. But, like, at the same time, that's kind of, like, where it all started. Networking. Yeah. 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 So we kind of did that. And then we went to VF Engineering. Um, and then, yeah, after that, we just basically had a couple days of kind of, you know, getting set up, getting ready. And then, boom. And I think it was the... Was it the Subaru? It was no. the next day after we were at VF. Yeah. And it, what was the car? Uh, we filmed two cars that day. That's right. The supercharged Toyota Tacoma. Boom. And the, that wasn't the Ford. That was the um, Subaru, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Subaru STI? 2018. Yeah. 2018. Right. Right. Slightly modified, it had, uh, I think, springs and an exhaust. And ho- so basically the guy um, with the Subaru... I just picked it up recently. Um, He has some plans for it. So we're hoping that we film the first video with him. And hopefully before we leave, we can meet up with him, assuming that he has the work done. And we can kind of then film the car right out, um, you know, again and kind of compare it. And I think that's going to be a cool video because we haven't really done... Well, I guess we have to a certain degree with like the E30 M3. The, yeah, we had, when we're about to, well, 325i. The oh, turb, 325i. Tur- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, which we're about to release, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so like that one's kind of like a follow-up video. Um, but I kind of like follow-up videos, especially if the first video did really well. Because mm-hmm. obviously people have an interest in that car and giving them the ability to kind of follow the growth and the development of that vehicle is kind of a cool, unique experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't really get that. So, um, supercharged Toyota. How much extra horsepower did it have? It was like a what, 2005, 2006? Oh, don't put me on the spot. That seems like forever ago that we filmed that. Um, I believe it was a 2000. No, it was newer than that. It was like a 2011, I believe. 2011? Yeah, just base model, stripper truck, you know, uh, two-wheel drive, uh, single cab, bench seat. Basics, like bare bone, cheap yeah. work truck. Uh, the guy's name's Ozzy. Really cool dude, chill dude. Um, and his plan wasn't to make like a, he just bought it for a work truck, right? It's his daily and, but he decided to put a supercharger on it and boost it. And I think 
Now, that's kind of cool just because you don't really see that very often. No. I was kind of disappointed at the amount of horsepower that he had extra because of that. It was like, what, 25 or 50? I think it was closer to 75, I want to say. Okay. But the th- So it's a centrifugal supercharger, so it's unlike the ones Magnuson and VF make, which are twin screw. Um, but it, I mean, th- you got to think though, the truck start is starting out with like 180 or 190 horse. Yeah. Cause like if you already have 600 horsepower, it's so easy to get to 700 horsepower. Yeah. Right. Versus if you have like 150 or whatever, you're right though. Like not, not in crazy power for the amount of money and effort that it goes into installing that. Cause the car, uh, the truck does not have a supercharger to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the difficulty is in adding a supercharger to a vehicle that doesn't have one already on that. I don't think it's too complicated. Is it, would it be the same as like throwing a turbo on? It's a lot easier to do the supercharger. Is, is that in just in general? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's just that when the moment you want to go and get a supercharger, it is a bit of work and it is a bit of money. So the decision comes down to, do I want a small supercharger or do I want like a bigger supercharger? <laughs> so I don't know. I, obviously, you don't want to do like right. anything too big because the don't engine's know. not yeah, made for it. Exactly. And you need it to be reliable. But if you're going to go to that extent, like you know, push at least 100 extra horsepower. No, but honestly, if you consider it as like a, t- a test kind of run for what his tr- work truck could be capable of, it's a good start. Like I, I kind of, in the back of my mind, I kind of hope he does more to it, you know? Like, builds more boost, tighter pulley, or whatever. But, but see, like, but, but then you're just buying things and replacing something you already bought, right? Like, Well, so it's fine with the power it has. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, a, if, you're, if you're imagining, like, okay, it's kind of a cool start, and I hope he gets more boost, well, that means he's going to have to replace the supercharger with a bigger one. So why not just, like, start with, like, a slightly bigger one and it be the same price? Uh, but then you sacrifice, like, a little bit of low end, lo- like, low yeah. end power and stuff. Uh, anyways, it, it's uh, it was a cool truck. It was very unique. Very um, cool. We got some awesome shots. Um, the drone. We flew the drone for the first time. First time, and yeah. that was honestly like the best location, and like one of the I think the only location so far that was like no in terms of like actual being able to fly from a pilot's perspective. Nothing's right. in the view. I don't have to worry about hitting anything. So like that worked out really well. Um, and we're actually meeting up with him again because one car wasn't enough. Oh yeah. Um, let me just finish up with the Tacoma real quick. Yes. Um, for a truck, we shot on a very tight road, uh, in the Malibu canyons, which is beautiful, stunning, by the way. It was great. It was nice and sunny. Then our first couple days were raining. Like we said, um, honestly, pretty tight for what it was like the truck. It was still a truck. The steering was like, I had to keep moving my hands all the time for the steering, but it was pretty quick for a tight road. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun and a manual, obviously. Um, but yeah, Ozzy owns not one car, not one automobile, but two automobiles, uh, and we're filming his 600 wheel, 650 wheel horsepower Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution this Saturday. So he has, um, like we'll, we'll talk about the, his next car a little bit more cause we're filming that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to finish off of that day, we filmed a, uh, Subaru after that. And that was our first. Uh, like it's been a while since we've done two videos in a day. Yeah, that was the first one in a while, but it, I yeah. think it went really well, went really smoothly. Um, uh, yeah. What do you mean? No, it went smoothly. Uh, the owner of this <laughs> said uh, Subaru STI, just hilarious things that happen. Uh, brought out his, I think, like sixteen-month-old kid. 
That was... Uh, Which is totally fine. Oh, it, well... Happy to have him... <laughs> you're like, no, fuck off. Well, no, no. It's like it's not like he got in our way at all. It's no, just cute that, kid. No, awesome kid. Um, awesome guy. It's just that... Like, what we do and what we film, it's... There's a certain level of risk. <laughs> but the moment there's a kid in the equation, it's just like... It's a little bit... Being in a different country than our home country. Well, not not only that, it's just that, like you know when you go driving, you're putting your life on the line. Right? Every time, and whoever's in the passenger seat, you are in charge of their life. Yeah, and that's but that's their decision, yes. so to speak, right? Yes. It, the moment kids involved, it's just that's you gotta. It kind of just changes things a bit, but it wasn't that big of a deal no, because you I, did I the drove, initial driving yeah. with the kid, and that's yeah. that's going to be a hilarious addition. It was. Pro- I drove the car super tame. Yeah, we're on a twisty, and um, God, I forget his name again too. Um, Canyon Kings on Instagram. Yeah, but anyway, he he was totally like, oh yeah, um, oh now I forget his name too. The kid's name. Ivan, no. Oscar. No. Uh, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. Anyways, he was like, oh, yeah, the, he loves corners and everything. He Or no, he, he, he loves lo- straight. He loves going fast in a straight line, but, like, I don't know how he does in corners. And he was fine for a little bit, and I was driving super tame. Like, we were just having good conversation, me and the owner, for the episode. And occasionally you would hear the kid after I'm, like, doing a bunch of switchbacks. He would just, like, pipe up and start crying a little bit. So I'd just, like, back it down, and then he would, like, quiet down, and I'd go fast again. <laughs> well, the thing is, is fast, that, like, but- even if you like, – imagine you being the kid. Like, you're in the back. Backseat. I felt so bad. So, well, you just get so nauseous. Facing backwards too. Was he facing backwards? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Like, Which is safer, granted. Yeah, but like I can't believe he didn't throw up. I mean, I've almost <laughs> puked in like the passenger seat, let alone yeah. facing backwards in the back seat. He was stoked after the drive. He was stoked. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. It was, again, it was it was a cool experience, and I think it's going to really add to the video. Yeah, I it's think, all on video. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be cool. Uh, what did you think of the car? Good car. I'm I'm glad it had an exhaust because I know stock STIs are fine. You know they're good sounding good sounding cars, but there's not enough volume there, right? It's not like I don't know. It's not deep enough. Like Subarus have a very signature deep rumble, and to get it, I've never driven this new of a Subaru, like a brand new STI, and we kind of, well, we drove a 2015 WRX a few years ago, and that has a bunch of down votes on YouTube. Yeah, do so you think do you think you're gonna get um, like it's interesting because we always laugh at like BMW owners right. being like very particular, um, but out of any other car we film, like the Subaru response has been like bar none. Like you can't even you I didn't. It's not like you even ragged on the car. I said maybe one or two mediocre things about the car, and then at the end I'm like, yeah, it's a good car. It's a fun car. Yeah, <laughs> and then people got so angry. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, 2018 STI. Uh, is a good buy. It had Michelin Pilot Super Sports, which helped so much. Like it was, the grip was unbelievable. And we picked another tight Canyon Road, uh, and I, f- I think it fit perfectly. Uh, how much does it cost new? Putting me on the spot here. Like uh, Fifty thousand? No, no, like less than that. Forty grand US, probably. So for forty grand for a new I'm, car? Don't quote me yeah, on that, okay, but, but I'm like, gonna have to. Yeah. For that price, would you buy one? Would you ever consider getting one? It would definitely enter my mind for sure. Absolutely. Four door, uh, you know, four cylinder turbo, all wheel drive, or basically all the check boxes that if you're going to at least get it like an only car that pretty much checks everything. Now, the one thing that Subaru does like fantastic, especially for the money is the suspension. Like every Subaru I've been in, the suspension has been phenomenal. Like it's been, it hasn't been overly bouncy, but like it's super smooth. So for the most part, I don't necessarily know why anybody would change the suspension. 
Right. Um, I'm not saying he did. I'm just saying that. Uh, yeah, I can't, thing. I can't remember. But, but besides that, how? Like, I don't, like, what do you think of modifying Subarus? Do you know if it's difficult? Um, well, it'd be no different than really any other any other car. Okay. I mean, it, unless you're talking about like uh, ripping apart the block. Right. And, like, actually going to, like, 600 wheel horsepower. Yeah. Or are you talking, like, suspension specifically? Well, suspension? I'm just talking about, like, engine mods or, like, anything that he has planned for the right. car. Is it, is it like, relatively easy with the Subaru? Like, does is it um, it's, it, not naturally aspirated, is it? No, it's got a turbo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, that's factory, at least, yeah. uh, like, so you can always upgrade the turbo and get a little bit more boost yeah. relatively easy then. Yeah, so the owner ha- had, like you mentioned earlier, had a 2016, I believe, STI that he had a bigger turbo kit on it and he had an exhaust. So he did put the bigger turbo and that's basically what he's doing to the 2018 and why it's only going to take, whatever, two weeks to do the build and the tune. Right. He already has all the parts from his old car. He just wanted to upgrade to a brand new 2018. So he already has, we, we pretty much know the turbo that's going on there. They, it already had the exhaust on it and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, fairly simple as long as you don't push it to the point of needing to actually open up the block and, you know, get different beefier head studs and right. a head gasket, whatever the heck else, pistons, rods, all that shenanigans. Yeah. So we went and filmed that out in Malibu Canyons and... That was a good introduction. Honestly, two like fairly tame cars. Yeah. Fast, but tame. Yeah. Um, I think they're both quite popular. Like they're yeah. both unique in their own way. Very um yeah that was a good start um that was then followed by the focus i believe no 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 oh, no oh you missed a day you missed a day sir okay so that <laughs> also that was our first time in malibu that was our first time in malibu we filmed we, i don't think we've been on the same road twice no kind of no yes we have kind of. we did yeah. Um, oh yeah that's right for the doc m3 yes okay. we will get to that anyways so the next day, so these are all consecutive days, VF Engineering, then the Subaru STI and the Tacoma. The next day, uh, we're chilling. We're just like, you know, in the house, doing whatever, didn't have anything planned. James calls and is like, uh, yo, do you want to come film? Or wait, did I call him? I can't remember. It doesn't really matter at this point. We connected with James and uh, we went down to Newport Beach. Beautiful. I love Orange County. Uh, it was our first time down there this trip. And talk about money, beautiful, like, scenery and everything like that. Um, and, yeah, Renick Performance, James got us a CTS-V six-speed wagon, the previous generation, which would be the version 2, I believe it. Uh, and they also had a brand-new CTS-V supercharged LT4 supercharged uh, V8. We did some filming. That was... Uh, that was a good day. That was a full oh, day. Oh, and Jesse and his girlfriend Carolyn showed up the night before. That's right. So they came out. Actually, at, they were they showed up the night before. Before they were at Disneyland when we were shooting the Subaru. Right. So, th- so this is their fir- our first day hanging out with them, and we were like, "Hey, we're gonna go meet up with James. Do you want to come?" Yeah, and we went, <laughs> went for a cruise. We had two um, two of the Cadillacs. Yeah. Um, yeah, we stepped, or at least I stepped in the 2018 CTSV first. Yeah. And then you guys were riding in the other one. I don't know what one it was. <laughs> right. The the wagon, I think. Yeah. You were in the wagon. Yeah. yeah the, the manual. Yeah. Yeah. Six speed. Rare car. Uh, really cool. 
bushings were coming loose. So yeah, like, I I kind of wish I took um, James up on the offer of driving it. Yeah, why uh, didn't you? Well, we and, pulled over on the highway and everything. Uh, initially, like I hopped in the driver's seat and everything like that, and like I I was like hungry. I hadn't eaten all day. I was like you know a bit foggy and stuff right. like that. Um, and I was, you know, it was all highway. I would have been fine. But then he started talking about like the bushings and it, was, it wasn't that bad. I know. But like initially, like I had no idea. Right? right. It's just that he said like, look, it's in first and it moves. Oh and, yeah. Like, it, this thing it, was yeah. moving a lot. So it, it was, was kind of like, <laughs> it, I mean, like looking back at it, I honestly would have been fine. The moment I saw Jesse hop in there, like he didn't have any issues whatsoever. Um, and it, it's just that I didn't want to like throw it in the wrong gear. And We're filming it up. again. We filmed it yeah. twice already. We're going to film no, it again. I'll, I'll hop it in yeah. next time. But, yeah. um, yeah, no, I mean the things, the things quick, it's a pig on fuel. <laughs> Dude, um, it hauls ass. <laughs> see now I'd love, let me just say, I love that car so much. So my first time driving, no, that's anyways, I love that car. Now the, the me and Marcus had this question and or we, we had this, like we, we uh, I asked Marcus and the question comes down to, would you ever buy a Cadillac? Yes, obviously. And I, I, I struggled with this one. Um, the engines, the LS, it's an LS engine, right? Yes. Yeah. So the LS engine is, from what I understand, is pretty bulletproof. Like, it's, it, it's, it's a durable. Ba- basic tech and durable, yeah. Wasn't it built in Germany? Didn't they outsource that one? I thought you mentioned something about being outsourced. Anyways, we can cut that out. I, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think so, but, but no. Yeah, anyways, okay. No. So uh, what ended up happening was is that the, the LS engine is, from what I understand from talking to James, is pretty bulletproof. Besides that, the rest of the car is a disaster. And it, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily disaster, but like these are n- relatively new cars, and uh, things were breaking and glitching and like having issues all over. Th- this was a, like a 12-year-old car. Okay, but think about mine. Mine's a 2009 Yes. Okay, this is newer than my car. It's, like, my car, for the most part, it's had recalls and stuff like that. It doesn't have as much tech and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, nothing's really broken on it. Like, the the interior is basically the same quality on your car and the CTS-V of that generation. CTS-V is definitely a little bit nicer, but it's still just, like, GM, just mid-2000s plastics. Yeah. Um, which, it's I, just I, personally, like, I don't really mind in that car. Well, the thing is, they, they tried to make it a little bit more kind of, like, higher-end, kind of, like, luxury, mm-hmm. but it's... GM, so it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. shitty luxury. <laughs> like the, the features are there, they just don't work very well. I mean, like for example, like yeah. the, uh, well, to start with the bushings, like that wasn't the first time it broke. Like he's had to replace it already, and it's not that old of a car. Um, the right. navigation system, like syncing to your phone, it doesn't really work. I have like the cool like air seats, it doesn't work. Um, like you know, it, it's just like all these, and none of these things really like. They don't just take away from the driving experience. No, that's true. But in terms of like having a car as a daily driver or just like being in a car and enjoying the car, yeah. I think that all those little things would just piss me off. And the CTSV wagon, not to mention, is a wagon. It's a perfect daily driver. It is. It's <laughs> just that, again, the, the engine, from what I understand, is pretty bulletproof. It's just everything else in the car is cheap and it 
seems to be failing way too often and way too much for the age of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I found really disappointing. And that's kind of why I don't think I'd ever buy a Cadillac. Right. Um, like I'd much rather a car that doesn't have those features, but the features that it has to be like reliable and like just, you know, good, strong built stuff versus having a whole bunch of extra features and have it be crap. Like, the, like the old Datsun 510 that we filmed kind of just yeah. like basic mechanical stuff. It's go- like the heater's always going to work. The yeah. windows always work cause they're manual <laughs> yeah right and no, there's nothing to go wrong yeah yeah but obviously i don't want a car like that because yeah. <laughs> i yeah, like yeah, the yeah. luxuries but there's like, a medium if you put the luxury if you put try to put all those luxuries inside a car just have them work yeah like obviously things break down over time and the more electronics you have you know the more issues you you have but like my mom's uh like subaru it wasn't a forester it was uh, I don't know. Like she has a Subaru and it's, you know, it's kind of the same age, kind of like a 2006, 2007. She got it new. Mm-hmm. She drives it every single day. It's, she's been the only owner of it. Not a single thing on that car has broken. It's not the most luxurious, but it has a few features. It has a lot of yeah. electronics and not a single thing on that car has ever crapped out. I mean, like other than regular maintenance and stuff like that, it's like, and of course she doesn't drive it very hard, but I'm not talking about the engine. I'm just talking about all the features, heated seats and stuff like that. Nothing's worn out. Nothing's failed. And that's what I find the most disappointing because if it wasn't for that, I think I would actually consider buying one. It has a whole bunch of horsepower. It's the fastest wagon we've ever filmed. And it just, it, like we just had a video that came out a month ago yeah. with uh, an RB26 powered single turbo stagia wagon with a five speed and that was at like 450 wheel i think yeah 400 wheel or something like crazy like that and that was our fastest wagon now this thing has i think 640 at the crank so kind of like 550 at the wheels yeah um officially the fastest wagon we've ever driven uh and it it's like 2000 rpm put your foot half down whoa torque just boom like that yeah and and it sounds unreal But like, again, (laughs) all that stuff is fantastic. And that's why I have some respect for that car. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because of the amount of issues that it has, just in terms of like the interior and just features, I think that that would take away from my driving experience because I'd be driving and I'd be so pissed off that this thing isn't working or this thing broke again or this thing's glitching out. Like you want to be in a car and just have things work. You don't want to have to be trying to figure out or restarting things like on the road, right? Like that takes you out of that experience. But the car itself in terms of the mechanical, like like engine power, like it's impressive. I I will say that. And I thought I would never actually say that about a Cadillac. I've never been a big fan, Mm -hmm. but I was impressed. And here's the thing about the two cars. I'm so glad we got to do this. Um, And we're going to do like a direct kind of comparison. Uh, We got to drive, go back and forth. We were cruising side by side uh, the CTSV wagon six speed with a brand new right off the lot 2018 CTSV with the LT4 640 crank horsepower, same kind of horsepower, but with the auto, uh, a much better interior. It's light years ahead now from 10 years from what Cadillac has been able to do. Uh, But you know what? After we've basically hung out with James in those cars like one and a half days, two days, maybe even more. And... I f- the second day we met up, he's like, oh, what do you want to drive? I picked the, f- I picked the wagon. It's, it's more of, you know, it's more of a hot, it's more visceral. It's more of like a hot rod kind of experience. It's got a manual. It's, like, yeah, it's a manual. That literally makes it. It's, it's got the big aftermarket hood that's kind of just like shaking, kind of blocks your view and make th- makes things hard to see. <laughs> but exactly. It's like the kind of the shifter's a little janky. The bushings are worn out, but you don't care. 
and you could burn rubber. And he's like, oh, yeah, the tires are about to, like, delaminate on the back. And I'm like, ah, sure, James, yeah. sure. <laughs> well, the tires are actually pretty bad. Yeah, no, they're pretty bad. Yeah. But that didn't stop us from just flooring it. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. like, when Jesse was driving and we were doing rolling shots. Oh, yeah. Going down the Pacific Coast Highway along the Newport Coast uh, is one of the stu- most stunning things. And I really hope the shots turn out. I haven't even checked. But that, w- that was a great day. That, that was an awesome day. Um, that was then followed by the Focus RS. Wait, 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 Grayson, Grayson. So <laughs> we went to Newport Beach and we met up uh, with, when did we meet Mike Tran? Oh, right. Okay. So we did, this was before, after doing rolling shots. Oh, that's right. That was right afterwards. Before yeah. doing rolling shots, actually, we went to Bagani, Newport Beach. Yeah. So the day we just finished, it's almost, we forgot about the, I think the best part. Yeah. That was kind of memorable. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Bagani Newport Beach. We were introduced uh, to Mike Tran. Thanks. Uh, really thanks, cool James, guy. for that. Like, awesome really guy. Cool. He used to work at SpaceX. SpaceX. And he now was he's a th- rocket engineer. <laughs> he was literally a rocket scientist. <laughs> and this is our fourth day in L.A. at this point. Yeah. When this happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, like, just like, you know, you always make a joke like, oh, he's so smart. You know, it takes a rocket science to figure this out. Like. He actually is a rocket scientist. Yeah. Like, anyways, besides that, like it was, we showed up to Pagani, uh, the dealership, and Pagani. just so ha- huh? Just go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, just so happened that um, Horatio Pagani's personal Zonda was arriving that day for a tour. Um, just touring the world, just casually, touring the world, shipping uh, it around. Only three in the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> manual transmission. This thing was like gorgeous, like worth like what fifteen or thirty million dollars. Zonda Cinque Roadster. No, sorry, Zonda. Zonda Barquetta. Fuck, it's a Barquetta. It's a Zonda Barquetta, but there's another part of the name of the car I'm forgetting. Anyways, it's pure awesome. It's a Roadster, and it's a Barquetta, and has a big uh, carbon fiber like uh, hood scoop. Yeah, this thing is like spectacular. Like again, this is Horatio Pagani's personal Zonda. Like you said, like a 15 million, just casual 15 million or so. Like you could buy a massive place in la Massive. for that car yeah yes and it was just on a regular flatbed uh just coming off a regular street you know <laughs> but like the thing is is that like usually you would go and see like ferraris and stuff like that and you know it's like oh there's like you know ferrari going by get all excited Th- this dealership didn't have a ferrari it had like eight it had like five f12s in different colors, like Skittles F12s just like, out front. Just, like, pushed into a corner. Veyron Ve- kind of like, pushed into a corner. Just, like, and this is, like, <laughs> I didn't even look at the Ferrari once. I was like, oh. Yeah, it's like, true, yeah. Like, you're surrounded by, we had not only a Zonda, yeah. there was also Hawaira. <laughs> yeah, there was a Hawaira there, too. Yeah. And on top of that, I saw my first Veyron. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I, I just didn't know, like, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I just lost for words. Like, it, yeah. it was... It was weird because this dealership is nothing special. Like, this is a very tiny lot. It's very not small. Like, it's not like it's a high-tech, fancy building. Like, no, this is like a little, kind of like a little shack with, like, glass <laughs> It's not a shack. Well, I mean, like, nice. what do you call it? Like, there's no bathroom in there. There's, it, it's, like, it's a small showroom. It's a it's showroom. A f- it's like two-car. It's a two, two or maybe three-car showroom. A, it's a size of, like, a large shed or maybe a garage, like a personal garage. Like, so if you, if you had, I'd say if you had, like, a two- or three-car garage yeah. with, like, a little office attached to it, that's what it would be. But anyways, yeah. yeah. And it's, um, yeah, so I was kind of shocked because they had these cars at that dealership. And a bone stock NSX 
with I think it was like eight thousand miles on it or no maybe it was in the teens I yeah, think I, I don't find that as exciting fifteen that I honestly I <laughs> thought that was not obviously as cool as the Zonda Barquetta but to have I've never seen a low miles bone stock Acura NSX first gen Acura NSX obviously just chilling there too so it kind of shows the appreciation of yes we're into the fifteen million dollar cars but we're also into the future you know Japanese classics that only has two hundred seventy horsepower they made a lot of them. But there's none really in this good condition, low miles, which yeah. is kind of cool to see. Um, so again, we were just like, just like jaw drop, like we we couldn't get over it. Like, GT3 it was, RS, you know, 675. We're not even mentioning a 675 LT that was there. They're just like, yeah, yeah. Like we barely yeah. mentioned the Veyron. <laughs> like, yes, but like that Veyron was cool. Um, I learned that it was thirty thousand dollars for an oil change. Yeah, um, sounds pretty cool in person. I'd never heard one up until that day. I would love to drive one. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, yeah, so it, it was cool. Uh, and they started up the Huayra. They didn't start up the um, the Zonda. It needed. They, it was actually not running when yeah, it when it's on know, this it tour. Like a service or something like that. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, so that was a pretty cool day. Um, yeah, was, then we had, we had, yeah, kind of a late lunch on the beach and watched the sunset. Yeah, that was definitely off to a good start. Um, and that just snowballed from there. We basically went from there to uh, back to the Malibu Canyons the next day to film the Focus RS. Um, and honestly, I'm not a big fan of nope. like I don't like Ford. You're getting the timeline messed up. Did I mess up again? We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh man, we gotta go day by day. We have to go I day by day. I thought I was going day by day. <laughs> no, you're like you're two days off. Oh Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Saturday that we filmed the CTSVs, right? Um, a lot of fun. Shout out, shout out to Arena as well for coming out. She's on camera in th- one of those episodes. We were driving the 2018 one uh, through the canyons, which was a lot of fun. So Grayson, the next day was Sunday, which was Sunset GT, right in uh, Hollywood, West Hollywood. Which is for you, uh, for the uh, listeners that do not know, uh, Sunset GT is basically like a Sunday morning car meet. That happens, I believe, once a month. Is it, what, is it like the first or second Saturday or Sunday of every month? Or something yeah, like something like that. Yeah. But I'm pretty, or maybe every two weeks, but I'm pretty sure it's every, once every month. But, you know, it's a cool meet. Um, I'll just can, kind of compare it to our Morgan Crossings meet that we've done a video <laughs> on in the past. <laughs> Talk about being blown away. Yeah, no, it, it was pretty spectacular. Uh, just from my photos alone and cars that I don't remember, I saw a brand new Ford GT for the very first time on the road. I've seen one at the auto show, but that was like up on a weird pedestal and stuff. Uh, but in a parking lot, you know, street legal in LA, brand new Ford GT, black Ferrari Enzo beside it rolls in. Um, what else was there? Bugatti Chiron showed up. (laughs) So we see a Veyron one day for the first time and then see a Chiron, which you're never going to see in Vancouver. You might in a couple of years. Yeah. It was just there. We saw like one of the first, was it Lamborghinis? Oh, we saw, there was a Mira there. Yeah. Ooh, that was cool. Like he had, a, he had the magazine or something like that with it, right? A sealed copy. Yeah. Like vacuum yeah. sealed copy. Yeah. Like, like, and the biggest gathering, Dr. M3, Cody actually put this together and we met him there, which was really cool. Um, but he brought together the biggest gathering of Lamborghini Huracan Performantes ever. To was be in, his car there? To be in one place. Yep. Okay. Yeah, his car was there. So there were, I believe, I think 16 or 17 Huracan Performantes. And that was the same day that I saw my first one in person. Was that same day and there were fucking 18 of them. <laughs> Just like... 
Like, okay, uh, personally, I'm not <laughs> a big fan of Lamborghinis in general. Right. Um, I think that they're unique-looking cars and stuff like that, but I just find that they're a little bit too showboaty. Like, they're a little bit like – I mean, it's obviously a supercar when you look at it and stuff like that, but I don't know. It's just not really my style. It's just a little bit too big, too kind of, like, flashy, too kind of, like, you know, look at me kind of thing like that. Putting all that aside, the Performante, I would buy in a heartbeat. Like, I would add that to my list of, like, my top – five maybe top 10 cars mm-hmm. um i've never had like a lamborghini on that list before but the performante would be on there it is a lot i would find it i think it's a lot sleeker than a lot of the other ones mm-hmm. um sounds amazing puts out a whole bunch of horsepower just like it's the complete package it's subtle yet obviously shows it, it, oh, it yes. shows off but yeah. it's a lot more subtle than other um, Lamborghinis, I find. Yeah. But like, the only thing is that I need the butterfly doors or the gullwing doors. Right. Um, so you're looking for like an Aventador SV or a... Just the doors. Right. <laughs> like, like, that, I, I don't... Like, I, I hate normal doors on a supercar. Like you need okay. to have the doors to go This off. is what you do, Grayson. You get a AutoZam AZ1. That's your solution. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Throw a little turbo on that guy. You're good to go. If all you need is the doors, you're good. Yeah. Well, no, I it's no, not I all I need I the know, doors, but I like know. if for the like you know for any supercar, regardless of what it is, I need the doors that go up. Dude, I'm on the same page. I mean, except for the four five eight, which is which is a very subtle classic supercar shape, and it, I don't think that car needs doors that go up. But I'm on the same page. Like, we talked about this when Ulrich and I toured uh, the August Motorcar showroom in Kelowna, and we were comparing a brand new Audi R8 V10 Plus with a McLaren 570S, and he was like, which one would you take? And I said, honestly, I mean, naturally aspirated aside and everything, I'd have to take the McLaren. And one of the kicking reasons, or one of the, like, um, fulcrums there or whatever, would be the doors. You got to have the doors. (laughs) I know what you mean about the 458. It do, it doesn't it would not go well with doors that go up, not at all. I can't picture it. It's too small. It's not doesn't have a V12. Yeah. You know that's why Lamborghini separates the the V10 cars never have doors that go up, but the V12 cars that's when you that's when you're like it encourages you it encourages you you know to fork out the extra three hundred grand for the Aventador. Yeah. But anyways, Sunset that GT. Was, that, that was an awesome day. We met um, a guy who puts what is a three turboed McLaren together. Yeah, yeah, hypercar development. Oh, hypercar right, yeah. So we. <laughs> oh yeah, you hopped in one of his customers. <coughs> yeah, it had the 800 package on it. It right. was a McLaren 12C. Uh, so what they do is they take the front end of a 650S um, and they put it on a 12C. Okay, they do a bunch of body work. They do active aero, which they source out. I believe from a company in Canada, actually. Could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. Um, they up. I think it has stock twin turbos or something. I believe he said 800 horsepower at the crank up from 580 or 600 or whatever the heck the uh, 12C came with. Like that's a lot of power <clears throat> for that car. It's a lot. And they also take the, because the, the 12C has the exhaust that comes out halfway in between the wing and the, the bottom of the car, right? It's like in the bumper. They completely modify that and their circular pipes, they stick out further, way bigger, way louder. Uh, you can hear the turbo spool like crazy. And he... He went full throttle down Sunset Boulevard uh, on a Sunday afternoon. And then, well, I think what I thought was full throttle, just for like a quick pull, and then right on the brakes, super fast, like equally as hard on the brakes. And then we got on the highway, and then we did, you know, full throttle pull. How was that? Uh, It was great. (laughs) It was the loudest, like, supercar I've ever been in. It was what, I, you know, a McLaren should be. 
because it, you could hear, you know, when this big turbo Supra and a Skyliner, you hear the turbo slowly kind of spool up. It had that same effect, which I've never heard in a car like that before. And all three turbos run in sync, so it'd just be like one sound. Well, the, no, this was just the 800 horsepower package. Sorry, oh, okay. this was right. not. I initially thought the same thing. I thought it was the twin or the triple turbo, um, which they do have in LA, um, but it was just still twin turbo. But still, I've never, never heard like. <coughs> about anybody putting three turbos into a car no like i hope i hope that we get a chance to film that car before we leave it might not honestly the chances are slim before we leave this trip i would honestly fly back to la <laughs> for a week just to film that car well Thad, funny enough you mentioned that grace and Thad invited us out to a track event with other youtubers later in the spring so wow there we go <laughs> um on the, okay, so we actually had destination. I didn't know this, but he was dropping the customer car off at their like installation factory, a couple blocks away from the place. Uh, it's I'm not. I was about to say where it was, but anyways, he tells me to shut the cameras. No, like, could you please not film? I'm like, yeah, sure. No, that's fine. We got video or whatever. Um, and then I was gonna meet up back with you guys so we could go to Santa Monica with like Jesse and Carolyn. Um, and so he takes me into this just like warehouse on the outside. It's literally nothing. It's got an address. Uh, he takes me inside and we park the car. Um, and so like there, there's like a G wagon, there's like a Tesla on a lift or something like that. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, Oh, I have something to show you real quick. Um, and then he takes me into this room and it, you walk in, there's a bar on one side. It's got like leather bar stools and it's, it's basically like a clubhouse, right? It's got really cool automotive art kind of on the side, black painted walls, completely black. Uh, there's like couches and stuff and magazines, whatever. And then you look and one of the walls is just complete glass but there's like a half uh like wall that's solid but there's just a viewing room right so there's probably about 30 to 40 cars and he's like there are cars in here that belong to some some wealthy uh notable names <laughs> so dead dead mouse had a car in there his mclaren p1 was on the lift i saw that uh no no pictures or video i was not yeah, this is a secret course. location yeah. there's a, a guy from dragon's den he didn't know who it was but a guy from dragon's den or shark tank one of those guys yeah i uh, had multiple cars in that show or the, in that storage facility uh there was a uh g-wagon a six by six in there uh there was multiple enzos there was laferrari 918 obviously uh multiple singer porsches porsche 911 <laughs> singers were in there i mean we're talking well over 100 million dollars worth of cars um and then I, we, we had to leave, and then that was it. I got, like, two minutes, and I, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, thank you so much. That sounds so cool. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. I'm just really choked we weren't get, able to get it on camera. For Obviously, we're not. Yeah, but. yeah, but, like, that's... And it was it was like look, being a fish in a fishbowl. We couldn't... I asked. I was like, are you sure we can't just open the door and walk around? And he's like, no, we're not allowed in that room. <laughs> so he was just, like, viewing it, trying to, like, poke around, put, get a good view of other cars, but... Like, that's uh, that's insane. And that just kind of gives you an idea of what L.A. has to offer. It gives you a little bit of sneak peek into, like, it's one warehouse. what is in this city. Um, yeah, that was, like, that, that sounds absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, so I guess the next day. We went to Santa Monica after that. Santa Monica, okay. Not car-related, but we we did one thing that I have photos. I'm just going off photos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Um, the That rooftop club balcony was pretty cool. The rooftop? In Venice Beach. So oh, we went, yeah, that was way later. That was the same day. Sunday. After Sunset GT. Was it that soon? Yeah, we went to Santa... Well, we went to Santa Monica first. We, we got went to the comedy club that night. Yes, later that night, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyways, but yeah, that rooftop balcony was dope, and we did not. There were drinks for like six hundred dollars well, on no, the menu. There were like <laughs> bottles of like still. Tequila. I mean, it wasn't anything special. It was like a sixty to eighty dollar bottle of tequila for like four hundred fifty bucks. Let me just say, there were some attractive human beings on that balcony. Oh, of e- everybody on that balcony, males and females, were just like, it was Southern California. You know yeah. what you would picture in the movies. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's. LA is very interesting because you go from like, if you go downstairs from that little rooftop area, it's nothing special across the street. And Ordinary you go hotel. And it's beautiful. Like it's, it's very polarizing from like one, like, you know, you'll cross the street and everything will change. And like, you'll have one really nice building in terms of like, you know, little garages and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that, that was, that was pretty cool. Then we ended up saying we can't afford this, and then we went and had. <laughs> yeah. We went to like some burger joint on the street. <laughs> we went up there, we took some photos, and, yeah. then, we, and then we left. <laughs> we, we got our IDs checked. We had to throw away our water bottles, and yes, yeah, and then we, we got went up stamped. There. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then actually that night, <laughs> we took photos of uh, uh, Paul Walker's or like the Fast and Furious house and um, Toretto's market from the movies was cool yep uh we're missing something grayson and i don't have photos of this because we weren't allowed to take photos and we would have been captured and taken as prisoners uh but we stopped by scientology in the in one of on one of these days that was before all that before it was it before jesse showed up i think it was the night he showed up we went to scientology i think it was the saturday night before sunset gt because they were they weren't home they weren't home. They were here, but yeah, they weren't I, I home. I thought they were at the Disneyland that day. I think it might have been that. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Scientology, that, that was a very interesting experience. That was... We were being followed. Yeah, we actually were. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm yeah. not exaggerating. And it no. was like, I'm... I <laughs> uh, see. I wouldn't say that it was amazing because it was, it was an amazing experience. Well, and I, I personally would recommend anybody listening to this. If you're in LA and you're at all curious and just, uh, just culture and weird kind of tidbit just like just go see it see like the reason i'm not saying amazing is because it's not that it's not like a, a, quite the experience it's just that we have to think about what you're actually looking at it's so weird so like it's I, so yeah, weird. like marcus said like go take a look at it like i've only seen parts of the building from like documentaries and it's all of one uh, the, uh, it's all from one kind of part of the building at the back mm-hmm. and it looks like a small just little office building in all the movies i mean it's still like 12 stories tall oh yeah so. but that's yeah. what i'm saying it's it's just like you know a standard kind of you know yes. it's nothing it's not a skyscraper but like it's a standard yeah. kind of like you they, know, they have like half, half a city block or whatever but then you go there in person and it's much 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 bigger like i would say that it's like the size of a small university yeah like I think that's fair to say. It's like this is a massive, massive place. Like not only is it just the building, it has two main entrances. The one that you see in the movie is the only one you can actually get up close to because it's on public property. Like that's the most like like the the main entrance that they built is spectacular. It's like, like with a with the five like a five star resort. Right with with like the parking lot in front and like the. Where you actually, where you walk in, it's like, welcome to Scientology. And you yeah. Walk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, it, it's 
in, like I just I was lost for words. Like they, they you own had residencies. You yes. had like buildings. You had like, and it's not just in one area. You cross the street, and it's still Scientology. You they go down own the, street, the streets. It's still Scientology. They named one of the public streets uh, L. Ron, L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard. Yeah, Way or something. L. Yeah. Ron Hubbard Way. Yeah, and all the all the streets are like not cobblestone. Yeah, but they're a different like texture yeah no it's not cobblestone but it's uh like brick kind of yeah thing. yeah just like yeah. brick and yeah like i i i yeah again if anybody's in la i know it sounds weird <laughs> you have to go to scientology like and keep in mind we went at kind of like 8 9 p.m i think it was dark yeah, yeah oh yeah it was definitely dark um and there were people walking around there were and like this is this is coming from i don't know someone who's watched a couple of scientology documentaries i've listened to the joe rogan uh, episodes with uh, Leah Remney, I think her name is, uh, and a few other, you know, uh, past Scientologists. So it was just fascinating to go see, and they own like a bunch of city blocks. They own, you can tell because all of every single building is painted the, the same. exactly the same color. And it took us a while to realize when we're walking around, like we're looking across the street at these houses and everything. And we're like, this is all. So we have entered into kind of like a the Vatican of like. Yeah. You know, aside from a wall, yeah. it felt like that. It felt like a full... Like, if you're in this Scientology seriously, you need to be here. Uh, and <laughs> I joked about it after, but, like, we... <laughs> should I even say this? Uh, we fa- we pretty much saw slaves. Like, <laughs> it's a joke, but there were there were three or four... I wouldn't say slaves. Here, let, because, me, let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. Let me finish. There, it's, not, it's not against their will, but everything else kind of pointed towards the slaves. No, I'm... <laughs> They're not slaves. No. Nobody's... <laughs> they're, they're not slaves. Um, but it was just funny to think about because all the documentaries and controversy around Scientology, but there were like three or four, maybe 19, 20, 21-year-olds, uh, male and female kind of young people, and they were pushing around laundry hampers, I guess, from probably the residence to the other building. And they had a guard. Across the street. They had two guards. Yeah. Quote-unquote guards. And I'm talking like, you know, black vests. Not like bulletproof vests, but, you know, very uniform um and all of the people all the kids were like wearing uh, bow ties and uh, yeah. i believe that but they were crossing the street and they had you know sec- securities everywhere that's yeah so we were joking that they were slaves so <laughs> basically what we are planning um like that i hope we get to do before we leave is we want to do like an intro to one of our videos just outside the building and we'd have to stay on like the public area but i think that would be an absolutely hilarious intro and hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, the video will already be out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. But I think that would be absolutely awesome. But anyways, go check it out. It's a cool building. Go get a free personality test. It's free. Oh, what else? God. What, what else? Uh, like, why not? Like, yeah, by the, by the end of it, when we were kind of, we did a full lap of the place, which is, I think, why there's security cameras everywhere on the, like, because it's just streets, right? On the light pole, lamp poles, you see them on the yeah. buildings. Everywhere you look, there's security cameras. So by the end of it, there was a guy uh, on a bike. I thought I heard a thump. Oh, really? Anyways. You're scaring me. No. L.A. Um, <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah, so they have to get, at the end, there was just there was like a guy on a guy bike. On a bike. And then every, it, like they have somebody on pretty much every corner. A woman that was just standing on the corner for like very long. Stuff. Went through multiple changes of the lights, but she stayed on the corner. And you could kind of see we were being watched by pretty much everybody. Yeah. And like, yeah, well, by the time we made it back around to where we started, we had a guy on a bike just like right up to us. and Just, the, like, just like right up. He didn't say anything. Nobody no, said just anything. Like just like watching. 
just watching. Yeah. Yeah. So many security cameras, like everywhere. Yeah. They have eyes everywhere. Like it's scary. And now to be fair, like if you, if you were kind of the founder of a new religion, you would probably want to be, keep your shit kind of together and pretty tight Mm -hmm. because everyone's going to be like all up about it. But like, it's like the scary thing is, is that that's not really a business. It's all done it's by absolute. donation. Right, like, right, so right, right. They were able to afford this and build this with people's money. Of that course. are not receiving anything. In, I mean, it's, it's like any it's, other religion. I was just about to say, yeah. But, like, <laughs> it's to the scale. But, again, it's not. They own a lot of Anyways, yeah. But, like, yeah. again, like, I was, like you said, like, that's the same as every other religion. So, it's like you go walk around here. They have churches, massive, massive churches. And it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. But, anyways, it's just really weird. But a- Another one weird detail yeah. that I just remembered about the main building, the, the big, tall one that we usually see in, like, documentaries yeah. or whatever, uh, is the, the bottom floor windows. So, normally, maybe you'd have, like, a balcony. Or even if you don't have a balcony, the windows are just, like, at eye level on the bottom floor. You just look out. Uh, there were the bottom windows, the where the window started, was at least eight or nine feet off the ground. Uh, and kind of jokingly, like, as if to not, like, you know, discourage people from, like, getting in or out. Or or out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I should stop with the Scientology jokes. They're, like, they're honestly, Grayson, they're probably listening. <laughs> yeah, well, if any of you guys have nice cars, let us know. <laughs> I'd love to go and come and film. Should we, uh, should we sign off on Scientology for this one? Yeah. I'm just, what what, what's the next one? Uh, oh, what, what do we have coming up on the next podcast? No, no, like, what's the uh, photo was? Oh, I'm gonna focus our eyes yet? Well, no, I was gonna say because I want to get some sleep before. Tomorrow, oh, yeah, tomorrow's off. shoot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it's for sure. 12 yeah, thirty. Yeah. yeah, so we'll sign off on this podcast. Yeah, um, we didn't really get into too much detail about anything in particular, but we will f- um, continue on. This is part one of part two. We will pick up uh, at the point where we leave Scientology. We leave Scientology. We saw a cool view, and we drove a Ford Focus RS. There's much, much more to come. Oh, yeah, and I, and for you guys listening, I drove a Lamborghini. Oh, fuck off. On a track. All right. Next episode. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Until next time.